Welcome back to the Vandy Sports Podcast. Alongside Joey Dwyer, I am Billy Derrick, and we are reporting live, as you can see, from the press box at Hawkins Field after Vanderbilt defeats. I guess you could say that's a series win. Uh, it's a three six-inning games, but Vanderbilt uh, beats Wake Forest uh, two out of three. They won game two and three. And, Joey, before we dive into everything, I want to get to our sponsors, though. They are as big a part of VandySports.com as, uh, as anything, as you and I, as, as Chris, as, as Luke, as everybody that's involved. The Wash House, the Murfreesboro Pure Milk Company, Sutherland and Belk, and Maynard Nexon Government Contracts Group. First for the Murfreesboro Pure Milk Company, they are a family-owned third-generation milk. Ken Seals gets sacked on third down. Have we heard this movie before? Yes, we have. I like the interruption, Joey. Well, yeah, we are watching Vanderbilt almost right now. Uh, almost leads 13 to zero. They, Murfreesboro Pure Milk Company, they were a partnership that began over 50 years ago with Purity Dairy in Nashville to provide purity milk and ice cream to consumers in Middle Tennessee, and they now serve Southern Kentucky, Northern Alabama, Chattanooga, and North Georgia. For more information, visit their website at mpmci.com. Also, the Wash House. They are a presenting sponsor for basketball this season. Are you dreading laundry day, Joey? Absolutely. Is it stealing time to do the things that you truly enjoy? It always does, Billy. Well, let the laundry professionals at the Wash House take care of that for you with two convenient locations in the greater Nashville area. Just drop off your dirty laundry, and their professional attendants can give you back the one thing, Joey, you can never have enough of, your time. With 24 hours, Within 24 hours, you can pick up your nicely folded, fresh, and clean laundry ready to be put away. Log on to their website. That's washhouseclean.com. Joey, couple of more. Guest line, you're the guest today. I'll just call you the guest. Uh, John Leffen of the Mater Nexon Government Contracts Group. They advise government contractors on all aspects of their businesses with a proud focus on matching legal solutions to business needs. Give them a call, 256-551-0171, and then Sutherland and Bell, longest-running uh, sponsor of VandySports.com, family-owned injury law firm. If you or a loved one has been hurt or in an accident, give Taylor or Russell a call, 615-846-6200, to see what your rights are and if they can help. All right, Joey, let's start with baseball. And, again, we'll, not that many people care. I think most people are coming for our report on the baseball scrimmage and then your secret scrimmage basketball thoughts, but football Jamie game. Jamie, yeah, Jamie Vinson uh, commits to Vanderbilt. So I'll, I'll kind of throw it to you there later in the pod, Joey. We'll probably get about 15, 20 minutes here, but let's start with baseball. And, uh, you know, overall, I thought it was a, a good day for Vanderbilt. And we just talked to Tim Corbin, and he referenced last week as a shitty week. He, he literally said that towards the end of the interview. You, I think you asked him about you know, what's it feel like to just get back on track after a, a, a tough week last week against Rutgers. And he said, yeah, last week was shitty. This week was better. So I think Coach Corbin just summed it up perfectly for us. Yeah. I think at this point of the year, um, there was a media member who said process over results, and that's kind of what I look at. But obviously, you can take stuff from this time of year. You can take standouts. You can take what Vanderbilt's rotation is going to look like, what its positions are going to look like. I don't think this is the make or break. Vanderbilt won that third game with largely reserves in the game. Aaron Velasquez was the guy who kind of put Vanderbilt over the edge. Yeah. It's a guy who probably won't see the field a whole mm -hmm. lot this year. But I think there's a lot to take away. I take away Troy Laneve having a really nice day, two homers, mm -hmm. got Vanderbilt's first hit of the day, made a nice diving stop in the outfield. Jack Bolger had a really nice day, had the biggest hit of the day for Vanderbilt. Yep. So there's things to take here. Also with the pitching staff, you look at Ethan McIlvain, tremendous outing from him, was pumping 96. Yeah. Miller Green had a solid outing, walked a few guys, didn't touch 90, but stuff plays, and I think Vanderbilt has a lot of good things to take away from today. We'll get more into standouts in a little bit, but I think it was a good overall day for Vanderbilt. Last week, last Saturday was certainly not, mm -hmm. but it feels like it took a step in the right direction today, and that process is kind of paying off for Tim Corbin and his guys. Yeah, and, and 
he mentioned Matthew Polk's status, his injury report, and basically it, it, it did look like a leg injury. I think he's going to need stitches. Uh, so he kind of got his leg caught up uh, in, in that wall, kind of this side of the field, right field line, kind of under the, the wall. It's a shorter, it's not a very tall wall, and it's a padded wall, but he just got his leg stuck under there. So he's going to get an MRI. We'll see about the status of Matthew Polk. Luckily, it's October. So uh, nothing – Nothing real. I mean, no injury, unless it's a severe injury, really matters. Ole Miss is trying to punch it in right here, and I think they did with a def- yeah with a defensive lineman. So, live scoreboard updates for uh, Vanderbilt Ole Miss, <laughs> what everybody came here for. But yeah, so Matthew Polk, n- nothing really clear there. We'll see about the MRI and what what get, what uh, that gives us. I want to mention two pitchers though. I, I think if 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 we had two MVPs today, Joey, at least from my perspective, keeping the stats, Bryce Cunningham, four strikeouts, no walks through two innings. And and every pitcher, the most they pitched was two innings, right? Some guys went one inning. And Ethan McIlvain, four strikeouts, no walks. He also had a nasty pickoff move to basically end the second game, uh, the the win for Vanderbilt, uh, the the first one in this series. I was really impressed. First with Cunningham, you saw Cunningham in that second game. And then Ethan McIlvain came in pumping 96, 97. I think he touched 98. And Joey, he is a big kid. I think he's listed at, what, 6'4"? And so, you know, 210, he's, he's, his brother, Chris, played here, of course, and, and Chris is a little bit of a different stature than him. Chris was a great pitcher. Ethan, though, looks legit. And I think that's a piece that, that we'll be talking about from here on out as a guy where I'm sure he'll start midweek games. That would be my guess. Uh, but you could see him, I think, starting in the Sunday role potentially. It's super early. It's only October. But, Joey, I was really impressed with McIlvain, but also Bryce Cunningham. Yeah, I think my big takeaway from today, and it's early, like I mentioned, but my big takeaway is that Vanderbilt's going to have to have a third starter kind of step into that role. I'm more confident after today than I was heading into today that somebody can do that. Bryce Cunningham was really good. He's hitting the zone with his breaking ball, and I think that's something that hadn't happened a whole lot last year. I think he was playing off his fastball really well with his breaking ball and playing off his breaking ball well with his fastball. I think he did a lot of good things. Sam Laboki's name we didn't mention. He pitched two innings, had four strikeouts, only gave up two hits, no earned runs, no runs in general. Solid outing from him. Grayson Carter I thought was pretty solid outside of the home run. That's going to be a top ten pick who hit the home run off of him. He was pumping, what, 98. His breaking pitches were working. He was throwing them for strikes. I thought he looked pretty solid, although he gave up the home run. I thought he was pretty good. Levi Houston wasn't all that great. Struggled with command a little bit. Kind of just trying to run through the pitchers here. Uh, Teague looked good, the freshman. I think he did some good things late, although probably against some of the backups. But... Dukanich was good. Uh, you said he was back. I think you're pretty close to yeah. being on the mark there. I think Vanderbilt has a lot of options for that Sunday role and for the midweek role, and I think we're in a lot better shape uh, kind of projecting that than we were heading into the day, and I don't think there's a whole lot of guys who I turn to and say, man, he wasn't good enough today. I don't think he's going to be in that role. I think you have a lot of guys after today who you think, wow, that guy's got something to build on here as we head into the rest of the fall and then head into the spring as well. Yeah, and it's early. You had guys pitch really well. You had guys struggle. Yeah, Levi Huseman struggled. Yeah, he's a transfer. I'm sure he's got to get his feet wet. Sam Laboki, I thought, pitched really well. Four strikeouts. Devin Futrell struggled a little bit. He gave up three hits and three earned runs and only, you know, only one strikeout. But, you know, he's a guy that pitches to contact. So, you know, we're, we sort of expect this. I mean, you know, it's not – Right, not saying we expect him to struggle, but that, that's kind of the, the type of guy Futrell is – we mentioned Ethan McIlvain. I thought David Horn looked pretty good. He was, uh, yeah, he was yeah. Good. went in there. And, and then Sawyer Hawks, he only pitched one inning. Dukanich, you heard some Duke. We had, you had a good crowd out here today, by the way, Joe. I wanted to mention that up front. Great crowd on a beautiful day. It, it was raining a little bit at the end, but 
uh, speaking of the crowd, you heard some Duke chants and, and from for Dukanich, and he's a player that didn't you know didn't pitch last year. So there's there's some guys like Dukanich and 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 some guys that were banged up last year that couldn't play the entire season. David Horn was hurt for most of the season. He came back later in the season last year. You saw him pitch really well against Louisville. So pitching wise. I was impressed. Now there's always going to be – you're not going to be perfect. It's not ever going to be perfect. Uh, but if I had to name a couple of pitching MVPs, I would go Cunningham and then McIlvain. Mm-hmm. I mean, e- Ethan McIlvain is, 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 is going to be really fun to watch down, down the stretch here and, and through the fall but also into the, into the actual season and, and see what he can do, see what he can get done. Uh, Joey, in terms of offensively, struggled at, at times. I think, you know, game one, what was it, 5-2? I think Wake Forest uh, won 6-2. And then game two, it was low scoring. I mean, it's six inning games, right? You're not, yeah. not going to have 15 to 12 games. But I was really impressed with Jack Bulger uh, today. In game two, he came through with a huge two RBI single in the fifth inning. He showed some emotion. You saw some emotion at several times uh, from guys today. That was the three-run inning for Vanderbilt that ended up uh, helping them pull away. So Jack Bulger uh, impressed today. He had some big hits. Uh, I don't think he had a home run, but he had just some huge RBI hits. Mm-hmm. And then uh, besides Bulger, Matthew Polk, uh, of course, exited late. But I think he's a guy that you look for uh, to, you know, to, to do well offensively. Uh, let's see here, rumbling through the stats. Davis some, Diaz. Some Davis Diaz, three for seven with a single, a double, and an RBI. Good job, Joey. Calvin Hewitt had a home run. He went two for three. And then Raymond Velasquez, as you mentioned, a two-run home run uh, in game three. That kind of catapulted them. So you had some guys struggle. R.J. Austin, 0 for 5. Jaden Davis, 0 for 5. Vastine struggled 0 for 5 with four strikeouts. Austin Fort uh, struggled a little bit. But really impressed with Jack Bulger, Hewitt, Davis Diaz. Th- those, those three guys right there. You know, Calvin Hewitt's a guy. I'm talking to uh, one of our colleagues up here from D1Baseball.com. And, you know, he told me that he thinks Calvin Hewitt is sort of the linchpin this year, right? He's one of those guys that they sort of – they have to have perform, right? And there's, there's guys like Bulger and, and other guys like Leneve. Of course, Leneve had a huge, huge day-to-day with two home runs. So, uh, offensive MVP, I'd probably go with Leneve. And then you got guys like Davis Diaz a, as well. So, offensively, Joey, this is a team that last season we didn't see a whole lot from. And then two years ago we didn't see a whole lot from either. That's – I know it's October, but you gotta, you know, if you can even the offensive output with what you're getting from the pitchers, that's a good sign. But there's still a work in progress offensively, I think. Yeah, you didn't get much from RJ Austin. You didn't get much from Jonathan Vastine. You didn't get much from, I guess, Polk wasn't playing a whole lot. Maldonado didn't play a whole lot. Not a whole lot of great stuff from Vanderbilt's kind of go to linchpin guys, but I think you feel awesome about what you got from Troy Laneve. I think Troy Laneve is a guy who is going to be better than people think and people think he could be pretty good I don't think people realize quite how good he could be this year he's an old guy he's done it before in this league he's had two tears in this league where he's really been one of the guys for this Vanderbilt team I don't know that he's going to be RJ Shrek I don't know that he's the big draft prospect on this team he could do some really good things for you though you notice Billy both of those homers were the opposite field for him and that hit that he had to kind of start Vanderbilt's offense for the day was in the opposite field as well. So he did some really good things, made a nice diving catch out there. Also misplayed a ball in left field, but kind of comes with the time of year. I think Troy Leneve could be a huge factor for them. And also a guy I want to mention, a young guy who we haven't got to, Camden Kojal. He was yeah. fantastic, not only today, but also Tuesday when I was here. I think every time he gets up, maybe the stats don't reflect this, every time he gets up to the plate, I feel like he either walks or hits the ball hard. Yeah. And that's what you're looking for for your freshman. I don't know that he's going to play a whole lot. They have a lot of depth in the middle infield. Jaden Davis, the guy they're expecting to make a power leap. I think that was reflected in him hitting fourth today. Mm-hmm. 
but also Jonathan Vastine, Kozil's played Kozil's played a little short. Yeah. RJ Austin's in the middle of the infield. So they I think it up. I think it's gonna be difficult for him a little bit to kind of find time, but if he can, I think he could make a real impact. I think they have some good guys who can DH and more of the question for me is whether they have the top end guys. Maybe Troy Lindeve could step into that role. Maybe Vastine and Austin take a leap. Didn't show that today a whole lot, but I think maybe Davis Diaz could maybe step into a role as a big-time guy. I hit the ball hard today. I thought he did some really good things. But I think they certainly have the depth, especially in the outfield, even with Matthew Polk. He didn't notice a whole lot of a difference, and that guy started about every game for them last year. Mm-hmm. So the depth is there. Whether they have the front-line guys is hard to tell at this point in the year, and I think that's my big question with the offense. But they have a lot of guys, even freshmen, who did some good things. Braden Holcomb didn't play awesome today, had an error at third, I think. I think struck out a time or two. I also walked, which was nice to see for a freshman. But overall, I think there's some good in this mm-hmm. in this team in terms of its depth. My question, like I said, though, and I kind of waffled a little bit. My question, do they have the front-line guys in the lineup? We'll see. Yeah, and, you know, the power. Right, consistent power. You're in the SEC, right? It's like football. Right. Do you have the dudes in the fourth quarter? Are you physical enough? Same with basketball, right? This is the SEC, right? Do you have enough power? It's a transfer portal world. Uh, Vanderbilt picked up some transfer guys. I thought Humphrey, he didn't do a whole lot, but we saw some of his speed. I think he stole a base today. Mm-hmm. Um, who else, Joey, transfer-wise? Two bases, too. Jack, Jack Bulger did steal a, a couple of bases. Uh, Pitching-wise, uh, from transfers, Huseman and Hawks didn't pitch a ton. Uh, Huseman struggled a little bit, but I'm watching the transfers this year. How do they perform? Uh, because that's that's going to be a key for this team this year, right? I mean, you brought those guys in to, to play and 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 perform for this team. So that that's going to be what I'm looking at. But pitching wise, Ethan McIlvain is my MVP on the mound, and then offensively, Troy Laniv is going to be mine. You mentioned transfers, and I think we'd be remiss to not mention this. Chase Burns, he yes. threw today. I thought that. He was going to be fantastic. I think Vanderbilt got to him a little bit, though. Troy Lanive kind of opened Bolger up the offense. The, uh... Yeah, Bolger had a double on him as well. So I think Chase Burns struggled with his command a little bit and showed you that maybe the transfer portal isn't foolproof, uh, even if you get a good player like that who's going to be a high pick. Really interesting to see kind of how Vanderbilt got to him early, and that was really the only time you saw the offense start to flow a little bit was when Chase Burns was on the mound. It obviously yeah. got going later against some of their – worse arms, but when Wake Forest had good arms and Chase Burns was the only guy that Vanderbilt really got to. So really interesting to see them kind of jump on him a little bit. And I think there's a lot of good to take from that. He hit Jaden Davis. Jaden Davis stayed in the game, luckily, for Vanderbilt. But a lot of good things off Chase Burns today. I think that was a really interesting storyline with his interest in Vanderbilt and all that happened with him at Tennessee. I think that was something we had to watch going into the day. And we'd be remiss to not mention now. And all of a sudden, Matt Hayball fakes the punt. I don't know. He fumbled it, but Vanderbilt recovered, and I think Ashmore got it back. That might be a first down for Vanderbilt. What are they going to say? Oh, he ruled that really Unbelievable. Short. I think they're gonna, that's going to be almost football. This is so. where the Billy Derrick play-by-play <laughs> skills come into, come into play. Vanderbilt's down 20 nothing, and Billy Derrick's still electric. <laughs> That tells you how the night's going. We, we've got to do a post-game report on this game, too. We've we won't got to, be, well, it won't be super long from when you guys see this, so <laughs> tune in in a few hours. Exactly. And then if you're, you know, if you're listening to this Sunday, we'll, we'll, we will put this up on the podcast feed just if you guys want to you know, be informed on this baseball uh, series scrimmage with uh, Wake Forest. Again, game one, Wake Forest won 5-2. Game two, Vanderbilt won 4-3. And then game three, Vanderbilt won 5-1. So that uh, would be a considered a series win. I know they only played six innings, but uh, overall I thought it was good. G- good day for Vanderbilt. Uh, on the baseball front but Joey let's switch it over to the hardwood and uh, again this is a secret scrimmage I I don't know why 
They're uh, they're calling it that uh, because there was a scrimmage today between Indiana and Purdue that was great, great crowd. Indiana, or Arkansas, Ar- Arkansas and Purdue, best uh, team in the SEC. <laughs> Arkansas, yeah, Arkansas and Purdue. That's not a secret scrimmage. They, I mean, they 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 played. I mean, in front of a sold out crowd. So it's just kind of interesting how that goes. But they had a secret scrimmage today against Oklahoma. From what I've heard, they played at the Overtime Elite Facility. And if you're on the message board, you saw this a while back, but. Vanderbilt played Oklahoma today, lost by five. There's some context I'd like to add, though, because I'm sure Truly Donovan or whoever will tweet it. Uh, that's not a f- their fault that they're going to tweet it. I would tweet it, too, if we didn't have the message board. But Tyron Lawrence didn't play. Van Allen Lubin didn't play. Lee Dort didn't play. Ezra Mignon left with cramps. And Colin Smith left after a collision with an Oklahoma player. Mm-hmm. doesn't sound like any of that is super severe. We'll check it in with Stackhouse soon, I'm sure. But... That's all worth monitoring. I think at this point of the year, you want to be precautionary more than anything. Vanderbilt loses, though. Not the worst thing in the world. They only lost by five without Tyron Lawrence, without Van Allen Lubin. And then I don't know how much Mignon and Smith missed, but probably a decent amount of time, you would think, at least combined. So not an awful thing for Vanderbilt to only lose that game by five, especially against an Oklahoma team that is in the Big 12, one of the best leagues in the country. I don't know that they have the dogs like they've had in the past. I think their roster is a little more barren than it has been, but... Still a good team and team that kind of has the identity that Vanderbilt wants to have. And I think it's nice for them to see that early in the year and see kind of how they stack up with a team like that. So really interesting for Vanderbilt. I don't have a whole lot of stats from the scrimmage like I had last time because it was just so stagnant in terms of playing time and such. And the injury updates were the things that I was really trying to get to. But I think it's a interesting day for Vanderbilt. Maybe not awesome. What is awesome for Vanderbilt, Lance Jamie Vinson, Tremendous upside guy, only played five minutes a game at Oak Hill last year, only averaged 3.5 points a game. Maybe not the guy that wows you as a freshman, but I think he can do some really nice things. Actually had a five-inch growth spurt as an underclassman in high school, so there's a lot to like there and a lot for him to kind of grow into as he gets older. I think this is kind of a take for Vanderbilt that maybe shows their confidence in terms of their player development. Going to be a real test for that staff to see if they can develop Jamie Vincent and see Mm -hmm. what he can be long-term. Billy, I think that's a that's a big worth taking, even if he is raw and even if he's not going to give you much freshman year. I think Carter Lang, Lee Dort, and Van Allen all having more than two years of eligibility takes a lot of pressure off him and allows him to kind of grow into what he wants to become as a player. He's a guy who can shoot it. He can put it on the floor a little bit. That comes from him being more of a wing and a guard uh, as a high schooler early in his career. Now transitioning into being a big, you can see flashes of physicality, the 7'5 wingspan, the 6'10 frame can do a lot of good things as a shot blocker, can do a lot of good things around the bucket. What's really exciting to me is the handling ability and the ability to shoot it, and I think that's something Vanderbilt fans should be excited about when watching that highlight tape. There's more to game than highlights, though, and I think that's where Jamie Vincent can kind of improve is just as an all-around player. Sorry to ramble, Billy. I'm sure you want to talk, too, but that's <laughs> no, kind of what I have. That's, that's the basketball scoop from Joey Dwyer. I don't have – I mean, you're the guy for basketball, but I did think it was interesting. Had an SEC offer, Ole Miss. Uh, also had Texas Tech, Cal, Nevada, Tulsa. Uh, and, I mean, I, I look at his size, Joey, 6'11", six, 210. Six, like, he's a guy that obviously is a project, right? We, we've seen project post players before, not just under Stackhouse, under Kevin Stallings, under Bryce Drew. Uh, and you know those type of coaches, but as Ole Miss takes a twenty-six to nothing lead over Vanderbilt, um, but yeah, I, overall I, I think it's not really a huge splash, but it is another guy that if if Stackhouse is still here and developing players and 
you know, still the coach at Vanderbilt, I think he's a guy that we can look at down the road as a guy that might make an impact. Uh, and, Joey, we talked about it earlier, their 2024 class is pretty much locked up right now. I mean, you might see one more guy potentially, but, I mean, you look at their class and they're pretty solidified with that 2024 class right now. Yeah, it's interesting to me with Vincent. I think he had silenced it a few weeks ago. I had kind of expected this, thus seeing how fast we posted all our stuff. I had a rapid reaction film for about three weeks to him. If anyone was, was confused as to why I'm not wearing the same shirt in the rapid reaction, that's why. But <laughs> it feels like Vincent's a guy who could really take a step. And what I wanted to mention with him also, we talked about him being a project. He has rapidly improved. Like, if you watch him at Oak Hill last year, he was playing – mop-up duty this year was on the UIBL or not the UIBL circuit the Adidas circuit was doing some really nice things was playing a lot I think he'll be the sixth man at Oak Hill this year I'll have to check in on that but I think he could be a really good player for them and Jerry Stackhouse getting a guy from his high school is always yeah. a cool storyline and seems like a guy who's a Vanderbilt fit off the floor too so cool get for Vanderbilt I think he has the potential to become a tremendous player the upside there is really unlimited what we've seen from him on tape can Vanderbilt develop that? It's going to be a big test for that staff. But Jamie Vincent's a guy who's already probably going to be improved from where he was last year. Those numbers that I put in my story, the five minutes, the 3.5 points per game. The shot blocking is there already, I think, and he is rapidly improving. So don't be surprised if maybe this summer he pushes a little bit. I don't know that he's going to be like – I don't know he's going to play as much as Colin Smith did his freshman year, but that's a guy who in a few months could be a lot better than he is now, and I would bet on that at this point. We are nine days away from Vanderbilt and Presbyterian, not next week, but the next Tuesday, right, November 7th at Memorial Gym. So we will be there. We'll be talking to Stack, I would guess, potentially next week. But, yeah, maybe later next week, if not early next week or the next week, right, Monday, right before the game. Either way, we'll be talking to Stack, which will be fun. It's never not dull. Uh, or it's never dull talking to Stack, so that's going to be fun. Uh, Joey, a lot to get to today in this podcast, and if you're listening, thank you uh, for tuning in and, and watching. Again, we are live from, from Hawkins Field after Vanderbilt defeats Wake Forest in uh, their scrimmage today, two out of three, against a really good team, Joey. That, that, I think it's an impressive day for Vanderbilt. Again, it, it nothing really wow, like nothing really shocking, I don't think, but Troy Leneve, a couple of home runs, and I thought overall the pitching staff did pretty well, and uh, Basketball-wise, secret scrimmage. They lost by five to Oklahoma. A few injuries, so we'll we'll, we'll have stuff to ask Stack uh, in that first availability, and then Jamie Vinson uh, lands at Vanderbilt, and I don't know if uh, we'll if people care, but uh, yeah, Ole Miss leads Vanderbilt twenty-six to nothing. Uh, we will have our our post-game thoughts. We'll probably go live, uh, so uh, tune into that if you guys uh, have tuned into this. So, but that'll do it for Joey Dwyer and Billy Derrick. Thanks for listening to another edition of the Vandy Sports Podcast. Good. I thought that was good. Yeah.